3: is really great I opened up Philippians and read for 8 When my father lets me know the things that I should think about ways he'll help me keep the devil out whatsoever things are true think on it. whatsoever things are honest think on it. whatsoever things are just and pure and lovely think on these if it's got a good report Any virtue, any praise That's the place that Jesus wants your mind to be Does your mind ever wander a lot more than it should To places that are bad as well as places that are good The Spirit wants to keep our hearts as pure as they can be Open up Philippians and see Nice. i
1: More singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound.
4: And the Medes and Persians took over the kingdom of Babylon, the most powerful nation on earth, by the authority of the gods of the Medo Persian Empire. I anoint and crown thee, O Darius, king of Babylon.
5: Long live King Darius! Darius. 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 Darius! Darius!
6: Nebuchadnezzar was a great king, a marvelous organizer. But the kings after him, oh, they were the exact opposites. No wonder Babylon fell only a few years after Nebuchadnezzar's death. And this, my captain, shall be an object lesson to me. I am going to reorganize Babylon after the manner in which Nebuchadnezzar did. You shall help me. Yes, your majesty. Have any of the prisoners been put to death yet? No, your majesty, except, of course, Belshazzar himself and a few of his closest officers who died the night we took Babylon. Ah, perfect. See that none of them is executed for any reason at all until I have talked to each and every one of them. His Majesty talk to prisoners? Why not? In this manner I shall discover who are with us and who are against us. They'll all say they are on our side, Your Majesty. I realize that, Captain. But I shall decide by the manner in which they say it, and by answers to other questions. Why, I may even discover some who were officers under Nebuchadnezzar himself. Those are the ones I'll question very carefully. I might as well start immediately... Bring the prisoners before me, captain, one by one. You are an officer in Belshazzar's court, a prince and a governor. Is that the manner in which you speak to your king? You are not my king. My king is dead. Captain, execute this one. Bring in another. Of course I'm on your side, Your Majesty. Why? Will you conquer Babylon? I have to join you or I'll lose my head. Captain, this one too. Send in another. This one seems to have good ideas, Captain. Perhaps I can use him. Keep him under guard in the outer chamber. Send in another. There's only one left, Your Majesty. A rather old man. Uh, I doubt, Your Majesty, an, An old man, huh? then he is more likely to have known Nebuchadnezzar.
4: Bring him in. As king
6: of Babylon. You recognize and honor me as king of Babylon? His majesty
4: is king of Babylon, and I have a great respect for the authority of any office, small or great. You approve of the manner in which I became king of Babylon? O king, thou sittest upon the throne of Babylon because the king of kings willed it so. King of kings? Who is he? He is the god I serve and worship, your majesty. He giveth kingdoms, and he taketh them away. Therefore, O king, I shall serve thee to the best of my ability. Mm, This is a new outlook. I like it. Your name? Daniel, Your Majesty. And your position and duties under King Belshazzar. I'm afraid that I had no official title or duty under Belshazzar, Your Majesty. (laughs) I imagine you were too good for his liking. Uh, Perhaps
6: you served in some capacity under uh, Nebuchadnezzar? Yes, Your Majesty. What position did you hold? Scribe, perhaps? Prime Minister, Your
4: Majesty. Prime Minister? You were Nebuchadnezzar's prime minister? He was kind enough, Your Majesty, to trust me with that position. Kind enough? You were prime minister to the greatest power on earth, and yet you... You don't even brag about it? O oh, king, be it known unto thee that what I have been and what I am is not because of any worth of my own, but because I serve a just and merciful God. And too, Your Majesty, Nebuchadnezzar was a great king. And my friend. And you were his
6: friend. I have no doubt of that whatsoever. I am beginning to understand why he made you his prime minister. These things are what made him a great king. Uh, uh, Daniel, I, I would like to talk further with thee in private. I wish to know more about thy God and Nebuchadnezzar. In the morning, in my private chambers... has been a revealing as well as pleasurable talk, Daniel. I need you in my court. Your wisdom and statesmanship, your tact and courtesy, and your fidelity to right principles will be a good guide and example to the other members and officers of my court. You three men are herewith appointed as presidents over the 120 governors of the whole kingdom. First among you will be Daniel. You other two will be accountable directly to him. He will establish your duties and give directions. You may withdraw. Long, Long live your King of Babylon.
7: It it's not right. Right? It's a crime. Appointing Daniel a captive from Jerusalem over us. Huh. We are Medes and Persians, loyal to our king and country, and what do we get? A foreigner over us. An old man at that. Let's get rid of him. You're forgetting that Daniel has somehow managed to gain the favor of the king. We wouldn't dare touch Daniel or off would come our heads. (laughs) Our only chance is to find something against him concerning his god. It is well known that he serves first his god, secondly his king. The king knows this as well as we do. Daniel's fidelity to his god is one of the things the king likes about Daniel. Yes, but the king is basically a proud king, jealous of his power. Daniel is true, above all else, to his god. Certainly we can make these two facts work to our, uh... I think I have an idea. We will go to the king, all 122 of us, and flatter the king... (laughs) Therefore, O king, thy humble princes and presidents desire that thy wisdom and understanding, justice and mercy, be spread abroad, so that all shall know of thy greatness. With this in mind, O king, we have prepared a royal statute and decree that whosoever shall ask anything of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. This is the parchment, your majesty, upon which we have written the decree. Mm, Sign the writing, O king, and establish the decree that it not be changed according to the laws of the Medes
6: and Persians, which altereth not. I did not realize that my princes and presidents were so solicitous of my... My welfare. I shall sign the decree. Then shall my greatness and fame be known throughout the length and breadth of the land.
7: Facing Jerusalem and praying to his God. Oh, of course. We knew his loyalty would cause him to worship his God regardless of anything, even a king's decree of death.
3: <laughs> Come, let us make the thing known
7: to his majesty. No, 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 not yet. We will watch until he has prayed three times. Then we shall tell the king. <laughs> O king, didst thou not sign a decree that any man who shall ask a petition of God or man, save of thee, shall be cast into the den of lions? I did.
6: I most certainly did. And it cannot be altered. O king, we... uh,
7: that is, uh, your majesty, Daniel regardeth not thee, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh petition to his God three
6: times daily. Daniel? Yes. Yes. Yes, I see it clearly now. It was not zeal for my honor and glory that led you to propose the decree, but jealousy of Daniel. And I... I was too proud to see through your flattering words. I know, O
7: king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is, that no decree or statute which the king establisheth may be
6: changed. Yes, I know. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, I have no choice but to order the arrest of Daniel. See to it, Captain. At eventide, take him to the lion's den. I shall be waiting there. All right, Captain. Captain. Do your duty. Man, move the stone from the mouth of the den. (laughs) Take
4: the ropes and lower him into the den.
6: Daniel, Daniel, thy God, whom thou servest so faithfully, he will deliver thee. Oh, Daniel, Daniel!
2: (laughs) Roll the stone again over the mouth of the den. I,
6: I will seal the stone myself with my signet and the signet of the Lord's.
1: continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
2: live with Sam. I'm Sam. Today, my guest is my sister, Lily. She's very excited about being on my show. Is this going to take long? I've got a question for you, Lily. Will you still give me the dollar if I get it wrong? What do you eat for a healthy snack? Apples and sometimes grapes. Why not candy or soda pop? That's what your friends eat. If that's what they want to do, that's fine. But I want to be healthy and candy and soda pop don't make you healthy. They make you sick. How do eating apples and grapes make you healthy? I don't know. I just like the taste. Is it because of all that nice fiber in them? Yeah, sure. Fiber. And all those cancer-fighting antioxidants, is that why you eat them? Anti-what? And I'll just bet that you love the taste of all that natural sugar instead of the refined sugar, right? You know me. Natural all the way. And did you know that your body likes fruits much more than candy? Your blood sugar doesn't shoot way up, and your energy lasts a lot longer. Sam, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just like fruits better than candy. They taste good, look good, and don't rot my teeth. There you have it, folks. Fruits win every time. Thank you, Lily. Uh, haven't you forgotten something? What? My dollar? Oh, yes, here. And I want to (sighs) that. This is Sam on Live with Sam. Goodbye.
6: has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During creation week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
8: Boys and girls this is ms kathy i'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you chapter six house plans on monday afternoon the shoebox kids met at mrs shoe's house sammy chris maria and Dee, Dee arrived first since their school dismissed a little earlier than the public school jenny and willie were being picked up by willie's mom at school and taken to the shoe residence mrs teller was then going to drop off all of them at the architect firm while she did some errands these cookies are really good mrs shoe didi said are they homemade yes they are mrs shoe answered they're mr shoe's favorite cookies so i bake up a batch of these almost every week they're great chris said who was dunking a cookie into a glass of milk ding dong went the doorbell jenny and willie mrs shoe said as she got up from the table A minute later, Jenny, Willie, and his mom joined the others in the kitchen for milk and cookies. They ate quickly, since they were all excited to get to the Smith and Bowers architect firm. Soon, they were all loaded into the teller's van, buckled into safety belts, and on their way into town. They drove through the center of town and out to the old part of Mill Valley. Many of the town's original houses and businesses were located here. Before long, they pulled into a parking lot next to an old building. Wow, Sammy said, this place looks ancient. It is, Mrs. Shue said. The firm has been located in this same building ever since Mr. Smith's great-grandfather started the firm. He even designed and drew up the plans for the building. Once everyone was unloaded, Mrs. Teller got back in the van. I'll be back in about an hour, okay, she said. That'll be fine, Mrs. Shue said. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Mom, Willie said. The others yelled a thank you to Mrs. Teller, too. Then they filed into the waiting room of Smith and Bower's architects. We have an appointment to see Tom Smith, Mrs. Shue said to the receptionist, who picked up her phone. A few minutes later, Mr. Smith walked out. Hello, everybody, he said. Mrs. Shue has told me you're interested in some old house plans. The kids nodded. Which one of you is so curious about the layout of the Chambers' house? I am, Sammy answered. Well, Mr. Smith said, the Chambers' house is very old. I think it was built for Mr. Chambers' grandparents. It looks to have been built in the 1870s or 1880s. "'It's a great old house, full of interesting angles and beautiful detail.' He smiled. "'But I'm running on about boring architectural stuff, aren't I? "'Follow me, and we'll see what we can find.' Mrs. Hsu and the kids followed Mr. Smith down the hallway to a room with an enormous window in the ceiling that let the sunshine into the room just like a light. Each side of the room was full of specially designed wooden drawers that pulled out from the wall.' "'This is where we keep the plans for buildings "'that we've designed,' Mr. Smith said. "'Some of the plans for your houses might be in here.' "'Mr. Smith began looking over the labels on the boxes. "'Let's see,' he said more to himself than the others. "'1950, 1940, 1930.' "'He walked to another side of the room. "'The label said 1900 to 1929. "'Mr. Smith went to still another side of the room. "'The kids and even Mrs. Shue followed his every move. "'It seemed he'd never find the right year.' ''Here we go,'' he said suddenly, ''1880 to 1899. It should be here.'' He pulled out a drawer filled with long, skinny metal tubes. ''Our plans are kept rolled in these canisters,'' Mr. Smith explained. Folding the designs would make creases and make it difficult to see the lines of the drawings. The kids nodded politely, but they were impatient. They waited silently as Mr. Smith began looking through the canisters, reading the labels on the ends. ''Town Hall, 1886. Grimm's Mill, 1883.'' First Methodist Church, 1880, finished Mr. Smith. Sorry, kids, I don't see it here. Ah! Oh, they said in unison. But didn't you say it might have been built in the 1870s, Sammy asked. He was not about to give up. Well, it's possible, Mr. Smith said. I think great-grandfather was just getting started with the business in the 1870s. He was the only trained architect around at the time, so I'm fairly sure he would have designed the chamber's place. But where could they be? Mr. Smith stroked his chin for what seemed an eternity to the kids. Hold on a minute, Mr. Smith said. Let me ask Glenda, my secretary. She might know. She's been with us since my dad took over the firm. He disappeared out the door. Oh, I hope they're here, Dee Dee said. I'm really getting excited to find out if there is a secret room or not. Same here, Chris said. Presently, Mr. Smith walked back into the room. Glenda says there are some old canisters in the basement. She went to get them. A few minutes later, she dropped off two metal cans. Looks like the labels have fallen off, Mr. Smith said as he pried off the cap on the end of a can. He pulled out a rolled-up paper and took it to the large table in the middle of the room. As he began to unroll the paper, the kids and Mrs. Shue gathered around. The unrolled paper revealed a drawing of a large building. At the top, it said, Town Library, 1878. Oh, these are the plans to the first town library. It was torn down in the 1960s, I think. "'Then we designed the new one and built on the same spot. "'He rolled the plans up and placed them back in the canister. "'He picked up the other one. "'The kids could hardly control themselves. "'Sammy fidgeted nervously. "'This is our last shot, kids,' Mr. Smith said as he popped off the top. "'As he unrolled the paper, Sammy gasped. "'At the top of the paper it said, "'Plans for the Chambers House, 1875. "'Well, what do you know?' Mr. Smith said. He placed paperweights on the four corners to hold open the drawings of the chamber's house. Then he unrolled the floor plans to the house and placed paperweights on them as well. Are you interested in the downstairs, Mr. Smith asked, turning to Sammy? Yes, Sammy said, the kitchen especially. Well, Mr. Smith said as he pointed to some lines on the paper, here is the kitchen, and right off the kitchen, where this small round window is located, is a bathroom. I knew it, Sammy exclaimed. Now I have proof that there's a room behind the wall. Then Sammy frowned. But now the mystery has just begun. Why do you say that, Sammy? Because now I have to find out why there's a secret room.
0: The story you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 9, The Secret of the Hidden Room, written by Nancy Speck, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. the children come
3: Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Talk Radio at lifetalk.net